place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow We are on live in 5, 4, 3. Hey there, you are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 72. Welcome, and thank you so much for tuning in. This is the podcast where I like to review comic books and talk about them. This is actually hitting up New Comic Book Day, September 14th. And let me tell you, this particular podcast is just a jam-packed meatball with marinara-infused comic book tastiness. I am your host, Chris Latore. Thank you so much for joining in on the Nerddom. Please follow us and instruct a friend or a loved one to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. Now, don't get angry and hulk out, because you never know if, like, Hawkeye is hidden around the bend to just follow out your wishes and put you down. But let them know. Tell them. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. Oh, and by the way, I'm on Xbox Live. If you want to play a nerd game, just hit me up. My gamer tag is Sunspots Comics. So send me a friend request. You never know. Maybe we'll play sometime. Also, thank you to my buddy Nick Papa George for our amazing Sunspots Comics theme song. Please follow him at Facebook.com slash PopDs. And also on Instagram at Pop underscore D's. Thank you also to my son Justin Jables Latore for first and foremost just hanging with me at Long Beach Comic Con both days, Saturday and Sunday. And also doing your debut, his first ever interview. And it's coming up very soon. Plus his fantastic work on our Sunspots Comics blog. Please check out his work at blog.sunspotscomics.com. More stuff very soon to come. Also, I just wanted to give a kind of random shout out. Thank you to the folks that approached me at Long Beach Comic Con and recognized me and said hello. It was uh, badly timed, actually. I, I was kind of interviewing. I hit record, but I would managed to sneak a quick high five. But you know who you are. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and thank you for saying hello. It really seriously touched and warmed my heart. That means a lot. And also, don't forget, there is a fun freebie giveaway that's going on right now. All you got to do is just give us five stars and a positive review on iTunes. Uh, of course, just put in the search Sunspots Comics or just sign up for our Facebook page at facebook.com slash sunspotscomics or even just go to sunspotscomics.com and sign up for the newsletter where it says contact. That's all you got to do, just one of those, and you'll be entered in to win this Loot Crate exclusive Futurama Planet Express Ship QM Mini Master Vehicle. <laughs> That's a lot. The winner will be selected on September 23rd by me, randomly. So go ahead and enter now. So with all that aside, let's just jump right in, get into the Sunspots Comics podcast. Issue number 72, starting with some things floating around in my nerd brain. And this one's going to be primarily taken up by Long Beach Comic Con. It was this weekend. It was a ton of fun at the Long Beach Convention Center. And it was Saturday and Sunday. And it was just so much happened, so much fun. I really enjoyed it. It was the first time I was actually there uh, in the capacity of a press supporter. I had to sort of be on call to do a to moderate a panel. Never happened, but <laughs> I signed up. And in no particular order, one particular thing that I was super excited about was Stefan Frank, Frank, the author, writer, designer, penciler, inkist, 
uh, on the comic book Silver that I love so much. Check it out. Please check out Silver. It's on Comixology. It's on his website, Stephen Frank Silver. And he just announced to me, just sort of quietly, he didn't say I couldn't say anything, but his uh, comic book Silver has been approved and is greenlit for a live action feature film. So I am super excited about that. It is kind of a monster vampire noir slash little mixture of Indiana Jones epic adventure kind of meets Ocean's Eleven all in there packed together that is silver it's fantastic and I'm so excited for him and he said that he is still fighting uh, to try to keep his original concept uh, true to form and I, I I can only applaud him for that I know that's gotta be tough but he's fighting for it to be exactly as the creation that came out of his brain so good luck Stefan Frank and I have all of his work it's great he's issue number seven of the comic is coming out very soon and he also has volume one and two in trade collection but check out Stefan Frank uh, his comic book silver fantastic also went to a panel uh, watching Mr. John Schnepp actually talking about his Death of Superman Lives Blu-ray, which I bought in the past, and it was a fantastic panel. And by the way, buy this Blu-ray uh, immediately. The site is basically deathofsupermanlives.com. And he even gave us a little tidbit, which I'll share with you in the panel, that this was about the Tim Burton movie starring Nicolas Cage that was never made, and he created a documentary about it. And one super interesting factoid that he shared with us was Christopher Walken was set to play Brainiac. And apparently Christopher it was going to be just Christopher Walken's head mounted onto these octopus robotic legs. I would have loved. I mean, who would have not? I mean, how could you imagine that? Just put that in your brain for a second. Christopher Walken, yes, playing Brainiac. And go check that out. It was a fantastic uh, fantastic panel, very informative. He is a ton of fun, and he's in podcasts. Just just look up John Schnipp. He's kind of everywhere, but check out The Death of Superman Lives, his, his Blu-ray. It's amazing and really, really interesting. And just some random things that I bought that I, I'm really excited to read. One, which I'll get into soon because I interviewed him, was this comic book called Legend, and uh, Samuel Satin is the, the author of it, the writer, co-creator. So looking forward to reading that. We'll talk about that later. Uh, also, I, I, we got a chance to meet Brandon Easton, who created this Andre the Giant sort of autobiographical comic book called Andre the Giant Closer to Heaven, art by Dennis Medry, which is gorgeous. And he signed it. We talked to him, and that's where Justin gets his first ever interview in. So you have to stay tuned for that for Mr. Brandon Easton. The guy is uh, just jam-packed full of interesting information and, and long amazing history of, of being in the comic book realm and so many other things brandon easton so we'll get into that very soon i also bought this very very cool shirt infused with ar this augmented reality from cryptid zoo and you have to check it out at cryptidzoo.com you download the app and you hover your the app open sort of in the camera uh, and it actually, your shirt will have some action, some interaction, some activity, some animation, and then it's even interactive where you can 
press on the app itself and it takes you to various links and kind of interesting videos. Very, very cool and I got to, a chance to meet the owner there and I'll, I'll post a picture of him and I very soon, but it's an augmented reality t-shirt, right? Very cool, cryptidzoo.com. So very, very happy about that. Also want to share with you and all, it's already on there. Check out the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. My favorite cosplay moment, which was when... We were watching this R2-D2 unit, and there were two Jawas, very super well-done kids as Jawa with the glowing eyes and everything, and a Stormtrooper walks by, and he has that voice mic, and he's like, move along, move along. It was fantastic. I mean, people just hovered around it. Uh, I, I got a nerdgasm. The chills just ran through my body. It was, it was just one of those awesome moments where we turned, and there it was, and it was happening, and they're all playing along together. And yet they seemed like they were all complete strangers. The guy controlling the R2-D2 unit. Although it wasn't an R2-D2 unit. It was something similar. Like an R5 unit or something. The two Jawa kids. And the stormtrooper that came from sort of far away. And just came in there. And that little scene in that moment. And it was by far my favorite cosplay moment of Long Beach Comic Con 2016. So check out the picture. You'll see it. Actually Justin uh, just pointed it out and you can see him at just la kings he's the one that posted it and tagged sunspots comics so thank you very much that was my favorite cosplay moment also i got to meet the uh from image comics the uh creator the writer zach kaplan of his comic book eclipse which i love this concept it's uh in the future where the ozone layer the earth has a very thin atmospheric layer now and the sun can destroy you and kill you in a moment's notice and there is this sort of team that kind of wears these spacesuits that is ultimately out there sort of helping, fixing, doing things. And it's sort of a murder mystery. It's sort of these corporations that are doing certain things. They ask him to watch this high-profile daughter who's kind of at a club, and they're trying to kill her. And I want to read more of it. More of it. We had a great conversation, and I'm reaching out to Zach Kaplan from Eclipse. Hey, buddy, how's it going? And I will be having him on the podcast very soon for an in-depth interview. But check out Eclipse. You can see it on Comixology. You can buy it at your local comic book shops. Number one just came out. Number two is coming out very soon. That's Eclipse. Art by Giovanni Timpano. Fantastic art. Very dark. Very The mood setting is, is just fantastic. And it has that blinding light where the, you, you can just sense and feel uh, the, the horror of the sun. I really, really like that conceptually. His writing style is really, it's its very quick. It moves, it paces very well. Got to give props to Zach Kaplan. So more to come with him. And also, uh, before we get into uh, a bunch of interviews, which they're, they're coming up here, the uh, sort of last thing on my nerd brain is, of course, I'm writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. I'm actually doing the writing, the coloring, the lettering, and my friend Jordan Hudson is doing his fantastic, amazing art. Please check out his Instagram, at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art and it's fantastic and we just he's working on page 14 right now so we're hoping to finish up on page 24 it might go to 25 we'll see we're um, lining up things a little bit and working it out but that's the latest update but also check out the website i grabbed which is zombiedestroyers.com we posted four samples of jordan's work there of pages one through four of the comic book so just check it out on zombiedestroyers.com from time to time and also, I just want a quick uh, mention of our segment, Spotlighting. So if you or someone that you know is an independent comic book creator, 
here at Sunspots Comics, we want to just shine some love on you. Give us your give some support to struggling creators out there. We just want to help get your name out, put your work out there, and really support those independent comic book creators. So if you're a, a writer, an artist, a colorist, a letterer, just send me a link uh, or send me your work. Just email me to chris at sunspotscomics.com. Or, of course, just send me a, a message on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. But I definitely want to do my part. I'm an independent, independent comic book creator myself. So I definitely want to help spread the love and shine some light on you up-and-coming comic book creators. So let's jump right into the very first interview, which is the current writer or artist of Deadpool, Scott Koblish. And I'd like to get him get to know him a little bit more. It was quick. It was uh, I, Justin and I were walking up, and it was one of those cool moments where we turned around and there just happened to be no one there because a few times we'd peeked in at Scott Koblish. There was kind of a line, and uh, we were like, okay, we'll, we'll kind of see if it dies down. We caught him at that rare moment. We passed by two or three times later, and that wasn't the case. It was like just one of those awesome moments. And we had just a brief conversation. Uh, I was just kind of going with the flow and feeling goofy. I hope you like it. It's not that long, but here is uh, me and Scott Koblish, the artist of Deadpool, having a quick little conversation. So here you go. Enjoy. Beach Comic Con with Scott Koblish, current writer of Deadpool. How's it going, Scott? I'm good. Hi, John. Tell us, uh, what's your favorite? What's my favorite of what? What's your favorite in general? My favorite president is Lincoln. I thought I thought he was actually a very good president. You know, kept the union together and abolished slavery. Nice. I like that. What's your favorite ice cream? My favorite ice cream is uh, pistachio. To be honest, dude, I love pistachio. That's like my favorite. <laughs> so what's up and coming for you? What what can we look forward to? <coughs> Besides your cold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, on the 28th of September, uh, issue 19 of Deadpool comes out. That's a continuation of the 2099 storyline that we're doing with Deadpool and his daughters. Uh, the last issue of that, I think, is 25. That'll be coming out maybe December. But uh, also on the same date, in uh, on the uh, 28th of September is uh also going to be sorry i got just really distracted uh is yeah it was a cosplay distraction um because i know her and she thinks that i don't know her but uh so anyway so and uh on that one is the annual and the annual is uh for deadpool is uh where we did it we pretended to be a 1983 pilot of uh the deadpool animated tv show with firestar and iceman in it that doesn't sound fun at all Oh, that one was awesome, and I tried. I can't wait for that. I tried to match the style so that everything worked out great. So yeah, yeah, yeah. On a level of one to ten, how much absolute fun are you having drawing Deadpool? Oh, I love drawing Deadpool. It's fantastic. Well, what's really nice is I get to in the twenty ninety nine stuff. I get to really sort of stretch a little bit and uh, add some new characters into the mythos. And then uh, the regular stuff like. Like when I'm doing the covers, the variant covers, that's a lot of fun because it's a, it's a, I have to try and figure out how to put the title in there and the UPC code in. And uh, with the, you know, things like the annual, I get to try a different style. So it works out great. And the Spider-Man Deadpool. I'm doing another Spider-Man Deadpool too. I'm working on it now. And that's a number 11. And that's with, uh, that's with Penn Gillette of Penn and, Penn and Teller. So it's got Penn and Teller both in it. And it's written by Penn. So I think it's going to be... Does he incorporate magic or tricks or illusion or sleight of hand? Oh, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. The other, in fact, that's how Teller saves the day. So, yeah. 
Buying that for sure. Well, thank you. Just wanted to say hello. Thanks for uh, doing a little sketch here for my son. You got it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks. Nice to meet you. Yes, that was a fun and short and sweet interview there with Scott. Actually, just as we were in the middle of the interview, that line started forming again. So I could just feel the heat ray vision on the back of my head of everyone looking at me as we're interviewing. So I thought, I'll wrap it up. I don't want to get... Uh, People all upset that we have to they have to sit there and wait to hear us blab on for so long. So I made it short and sweet, which is fine. So I definitely look forward to meeting Scott Colbush again, talking to him more, get to know him a little bit, and uh, get inside uh, that that wacky brain of his because mine's just as wacky or weird, and that'll be kind of fun. I don't know. <laughs> so next up, I actually have Will Portasio. Will Portasio has drawn so many com- uh, comics over the years. Look up his body of work it's it's fantastic wills portacio made some announcements at asia pop recently we get into that but uh, very cool and he was being pulled away by his publicist i just happened to again we kind of walked over and saw that little moment he was even kind of battling a cold so thank you wills for hanging in there and uh and letting me throw the mic in your face and record you for a little while but i had fun and it was nice to get to know you and your lovely wife we had a nice conversation there for a minute and uh, here you go. Here is uh, me interviewing Wils Portacio. Check it out. I'm here with Wils Portacio here at Long Beach Comic Con, and we're just chit-chatting. We're talking about the uh, the expo, the Asian Pop Expo in the Philippines, and how you're going to be in charge of the head man writing? Um, no. Uh, uh, what uh, My wife actually is um, on the comic side. She, uh, she contacts and contracts the... Uh, the American artists that come over to the States. Uh, I mean, come over to the Philippines. This year, um, she brought over uh, Billy Tan, um, Mike Zek, um, Kev, uh, Ken Lashley. Uh, 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 yeah. Um, and, you know, so it's going to run for five more years at least. And uh, we had a couple entertainment um, guests this year. We had uh, Millie uh, Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she really nice. Li- you know, uh, uh, her dad's ra- her dad was with her. Her dad was raising her really good. I mean, uh, uh, I was in the green room. Uh, oh, you'll love this too because one of my chef friends, um, he decided to. Uh, I convinced him to sponsor the green room because I tell him, you know, I'm getting tired of microwave pizza. So you know, he brings his whole crew over there, and he's got. He he's even has a, um, a a fried rice station. Oh my God! So you can pick what what you want in your fried rice. But anyways, Portuguese sausage? Oh, everything, man. He is a chef, and he loves the eggs, the eggs. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but see, I was so I was in a green room, and and then and Bobby Brown comes. So Chef Ed goes, "Hey, you you want to you want to meet her? You want to take a picture?" I go, "Sure." So he goes up, talk to her, and then um, I take a picture with her, and I tell her, "Oh, um, you know, you really, you know, I, I love you, you're really cool, and especially my kids love you." And then she takes my phone, and she does a video message for him. Wow. Really cool. Really cool. So I was just telling uh, earlier, um, you're telling me that um, this this comic book line of work you're doing, which, by the way, which like what publisher is this going to be done? Where you're doing the uh, the legends, the uh, sort of Greek mythology, if you will, of Filipino characters. Like, what publishing company are you going to be doing comics with that? Actually, we haven't really yet decided on the publishing side of things because um, I can't say too much, but we're actually. Um, this is actually going to be on the film side in the Philippines. Um, I, Fantastic. I actually signed up with uh, one of the biggest producers and, in my opinion, one of the, um, uh, the best director out there. And we're going to do a, a full movie franchise. Fantastic. 
Yeah, so so publishing will probably come um, after that as a support. Um, uh, uh, but actually, I'm thinking about also um, maybe just using it as um, as filler in between all of the movies. So, you know, to so, so support the stories. And, Fantastic. You know, because, you know, like, well, obviously, you have, like, Tikbalung, you know, uh, and Mananangal characters in the movies. But then in the comic books, then we can, you know, go through, like, our made-up history of the Tikbalungs. And, you know, and so teach, you know, um, younger kids that don't really know about all this stuff. And the Bullock Bayans over here that, that don't grow up with that stuff, too. And, you know, teach them, you know, some of their heritage, some of their culture. That's great. For me, it's like two-part, because I'm a gigantic comic book nerd, and at the same time, my, my father's all Filipino, my mother's Hawaiian. I was raised here. I'm, I'm in California. So for me, it'll also be a, a, a chance for me to sort of connect with my Filipino side of my culture and learn some of the lore and the background and the history and these, you know, mythological, you know, mythological stories. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. Any, like, time frame for sort of the movies? Is it all still sort of in talks, like, at this point? Um, it, we just signed contracts, and... Um, but... Uh, I can't promise anything, but um, you might be able to see something in October. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure meeting you. I, I enjoy talking to you. Thank you. I know you got to go. Thank you, Wills. Wills Portasio. Thank you very much. Very cool. That was like so much fun talking to Wills, and he's someone I definitely respect and admire for his body of work from everything he's done. Just, uh, just check him out. I'll put uh, links to on the show notes to all of everyone that we interviewed, of course. But coming up next is a guy that I'd never met before, and work his work I'd never read before. But it's Samuel Satin, and he did a comic called Legend, and his artist's name is Chris Kohler. Uh, co-creator they're both uh, created the characters together and legend ultimately in a snapshot is domesticated animals dogs cats etc that are on a journey and that's all i know so far i haven't read all of it but the art is gorgeous and he was a super nice guy and he was in one of the panels that i was in and it was on sort of writing techniques and tips it was a fantastic panel thank you long beach comic-con for that one i learned a ton wrote a bunch of notes and he was one of the guys there. So this is uh, me and Samuel Satin. Here you go. All right. Well, we're here actually with Samuel Satin. He's actually the writer, creator, layout, producer, designer, <laughs> uh, plot, I imagine, even. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm the writer. I'm the letterer. Um, I, <laughs> man of many hats. Man of many hats. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we do a lot of... The, the artist is Chris Kaler. We're both in the Bay Area. Um, of Legend. Of, Sorry, of, I was getting oh, there. Of Legend, yeah. <laughs> writer, yes. writer of Legend, the comic. Um, yes. By myself and Samuel Satin and uh, Chris Kaler. And, awesome. Uh, His yeah. art is ridiculous. I it's initially crazy. saw like a Jay Lee, a Franco, uh, Francisco, uh, Franco Villa. Yep. Uh, it's just that that dark style, the shadows, the brooding. That has a noir kind of feel and aspect to it. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Halloween when I'm looking at it at first. Yeah. You know? I don't know why. I just I feel it. It's very, it makes me feel nostalgic. Both big horror fans as well. Both Chris and I are big, big, big horror fans. And uh, yeah, and actually it's interesting because Chris is a illustrator by trade and I'm a novelist by trade. Wow. So we both bring something kind of different to, uh, you know, comics. We both yes. bring a kind of new perspective, our own perspectives from a different different mediums into comics. You have your novel here, so The yeah. Silent End. Tell us a little bit about that. It looks interesting. Thank you. Yeah, it's a YA horror novel about three kids in a small town that's been infested by really, really, really scary, mysterious monsters. Uh, so, um, yeah, and it's um, it came out last year in September, and it's uh, out from Ragnarok Publications, and yeah, it's my second book. 
And so I'm writing that wow. one right now. But yes, I'm a novelist by trade, and I also work in comics. I also I'm a, I also write my own comics. I draw some of my own comics as well, but nobody oh. sees those because it's <laughs> it's better for that they don't. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. What was some of your? How did you come up with the story legend? Like, what were some of the ideas floating around your head? Where where were you when the inspiration just arrived? Yeah, it's um, a good question. Yeah, I've always wanted to write an animal story. And so something that, you know, I've always, I grew up with, uh, with stories like The Secret of Nim, Watership oh, yeah. Down, uh, Where the Red Fern Grows, um, things like this. And I just, I, I, I've always loved Animal Farm. I've always loved uh, uh, animal stories. And um, when I kind of grew up a little bit more and got a little more into it, <laughs> you know, started becoming, you know, as an adult, I started right. also reading some comics that had some great animal stories. Pride of Baghdad, We Three. Oh, Pride of Baghdad uh, was so good. Oh, incredible stuff. So moving, stuff. right? Yeah, and yeah. so moving. And then stuff right now, like the Autumn Lands, where you're using kind of... Uh, yes, I love Autumn Lands. It's so fantastic. And yeah, like the using... anthropomorphic feel and the adventure yeah. now. And the, uh, it's just deep. That's great, too. It's yeah. just fantastic, right? Yeah. And so, it's really, there's so there's so much cool stuff going on in comics. And I, we wanted to kind of lend our own... Uh, Perspective to that, uh, to that, to that mix, and so uh, we we came up with the idea of, of of legend, which we have basically a um, the idea of trying to you tell a post-apocalyptic story, a post-apocalyptic story, but with, in, in a way that's fresh and new, uh, nice. that doesn't kind of tread the same ground as a lot of stuff threads in that genre. Um, yeah. So we thought it would be interesting to tell the story of animals, what would happen to animals, domesticated animals, when they're uh, if humans were presumed to be perished, yeah. and uh, what they would see as threats, and what would become threats, wow. and then we have—that's uh, that, the story of legend. And as they try to protect their homeland, which is the grounds, wow. from a very, very, very uh, malevolent force. Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I noticed you and I talked too about you know the animals speak in this. Yes. But you you had sort of an idea to make it a unique sort of style and, and voice. Like, how did you come up with that? Yeah, like, I mean, we, we, we think a lot about, I thought a lot about how um, how animals would uh, respond to the world around them. And also the thing is that uh, in this book, I can't talk about it too much, could be a little bit yes, of a spoiler. Spoil. But there is, there is a reason why. I haven't why read it yet. I'm right, going to read it. Right. I bought it all and oh, I'm going to yeah, read I know, it. You're, you're amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, you know, so it's like, it's, it's basically like, you know, there's a reason why they're able to communicate in heightened ways that were uh, that, are, that are a little more complex than that of normal domesticated animals. Excellent. But also, if you look at the way in which animals actually do comprehend things, I believe dogs dogs have a, are able to comprehend them in 200 words, 200 yeah. 200 words. Um, cats, they know they're being spoken to, but they actually don't respond. <laughs> they don't care. Yeah, they don't care <laughs> shit. Um, and, they're you know, assholes. Yeah, cats they're are assholes. And, but they, they, these, these animals do communicate, and they do have a way of seeing things. So, you know, we wanted to make sure that we showcase the intelligence of these creatures without... Um, without while also showing that it's a different kind of language entirely, basically. Yeah. So they're going to have a different viewpoint on the world around them than we would. But it doesn't mean it's an unintelligent viewpoint. It just means it's different. Yeah. So. Like I have four dogs, and a lot oh, of it is yeah. a lot of it's through like nods and gestures yeah. sometimes too. So I know they're like especially dogs with their limited vocabulary. I heard that too about 200 words or so. But you add on about double of that with their gestures and nods. Oh, yeah. did you? Did you uh, is there any poke in that here too? In, definitely, in legend? definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there, there's pack order. There's oh, there's great. sort of like you know struggles for power. Uh, mm. You know, because I mean, like you, you've seen you've seen your dogs interact with each other. Uh, you're a dog person. I'm a dog person. Like you know, yeah. you see the way that they kind of interact and it's a it's a very uh specific uh way of communication which they yes. kind of like establish Direct. dominance establish mm -hmm. friendships establish yeah. conversations etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah. it's like you know so it's really it's a really cool way of um 
of trying to understand how those species might interact with each other. And then we do with the cats and dogs as well and how cats nice. interact with dogs because you see that some of them, you know, you do have like cats and dogs who often can share the same space and, and be okay. Yeah. And then you have animals just not yeah. in the same room <laughs> right. with each other. And so in this book, uh, the dog tribe and the cat tribe are enemies. Right. Uh, but kind of like they have a cold piece. Wow. You know, where one takes up one part of the of what's called the grounds and the other one takes up the other part. And they have like a little boundary. And so but they, they mark when, their they, territory. Yeah, they mark their territory. <laughs> when things get a little bit more dangerous, they have nice. to figure out a way to bridge some of those divides. Wow, very yeah, nice. So yeah. It's uh it, we're trying to we're trying to explore a lot of those aspects of animal behavior and then also uh relates to you know, human behavior. Yeah, that's great. I can't yeah. wait to read it. I love the, uh, the your, your amount of dialogue as well, because I know you you have dogs communicating and cats communicating. So there's there seems to be a lot of just facial gestures and looks, and there's right. moments where you really kind of pause and like just sort of live in the splendor of, of the beautifulness that you're seeing with these animals. I I can't wait to read it. I'm so like, I'm so glad. Uh, yeah, we're 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 trying to work with like what because you know we, we I just don't got want chills. I was yeah, like, oh, I just that's awesome, chills. man. That's so cool. That's so cool. I'm so glad to hear that. And yeah. yeah um, um, yeah, we we can't wait to hear what you think. Uh, yeah. And you know, so yeah, basically we, yeah, but we we try to focus on what what we try to look at animals and think about how they might how they might kind of view the world around them when 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 danger approaches. And wow. so when they're when they're pushed into a situation fun. where they have to survive, where they have to fight for survival, especially when they're used to you know human interaction. Yeah. And they're used to being owned. What do they do on their own? What do they do on their own? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're like domesticated animals. So when right. they're on their own, uh, they have to. They have to engage with a whole entire new set of rules and 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 um, or like a reinforcing of their beliefs. instincts. Yeah, right? they have beliefs as well. They have yeah, beliefs and they have to form belief systems wow. to to understand how they how to maneuver this new world without humans. Nice. You know? So well, presumably without humans. Right. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. definitely I can tell without thank you without spoiling that there's some complexity to what's happening with these animals. And yes. there must be a reason as to why they're going through some other complexity. I can't yeah, wait. You're on actually, issue number four? We're on issue number four. Number five comes out on shops next month, and the awesome. trade comes out on November 22nd. Fantastic. And, yeah, and, um, and you self-publish this yourself? Uh, you, actually, you, this is through Z2 Comics. They're a publisher, Z2? so yeah, they, you can find it in stores and stuff like that awesome. around the nation. And like, uh, and uh, they've done a great job. The paper oh, quality, yeah. I was telling you, like, is amazing. They did fabulous work. I um, mean, even the gloss factor on the page is mm -hmm. not over glossy, and it's got a nice weight to it. Oh like, yeah, that's a big deal for paper comic guys like oh, myself. Oh yeah, no, so. no, no. Really, they they pulled out all the stops. And Z2 Comics, they're a fantastic company. They put out a lot of independent creators. It's create nice. our comic is creator owned. So yes. though they, they, they're, they're, they're an indie publisher, they put out creator-owned comics, creator-owned graphic novels, uh, they do great work. And, wow. uh, and yeah, so we're looking forward to the trade in November. And um, I would say that if, if there's anything that I can say that, you know, when you're reading the comic, uh, look, for, look for hidden things, because there are hidden oh, things everywhere. Easter eggs. Yeah, there are Easter eggs everywhere. There's gems. Yeah, there oh, are I'm little tiny that. things that, you'll, that will make, <laughs> make sense later if you go back in for a second read. Nice. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Where can we find it? Where can we get it? Where can we... Where right. can I get Legend? Yeah. How can I buy you can, it? How you can, can get your Legend. You can get Legend at your local comic book store. You can ask your, uh, you can ask your, uh, if they don't carry, you can ask them to carry it. We're distributed through Diamond. Um, also, oh, excellent. you can get on Comixology if you want to read it digitally. Um, yeah, and um, don't buy, don't, don't order it on eBay though, because it's way too expensive. Be <laughs> yeah, Comixology yeah. or nice. your, your local comic book store. And then when the trade comes out in November, it'll be in bookstores and comic stores alike. Great. Yeah, and when does issue five you come also, out again? Uh, what's that? Issue five comes out when issue again? comes out. Issue five comes out. I think next week. Wow. And then, uh, which is kind of the, first, the 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 conclusion to the first arc, which is the first five issues. Nice. And then you can also find us on. Uh, 
Facebook.com forward slash Dogs of Legend. Dogs of Legend. Dogs nice. of Legend, yeah. And we're also Very on Twitter nice. as well. Legend underscore comic. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, find him, seek it, look for it, guys. Put your eyeballs on this. It is beautiful. If you like Afterlife with Archie, if you like We Three, you ever read We I Three? I love We Three. Uh, it just and it has this this dark element to it, yet beautiful drawing. I mean, the artist here you got is phenomenal. Thank, thank you so much. Yeah, and I can't wait great. to read it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Hey, nice thank to meet you, you Samuel. so much. Nice to meet you too. Yeah. I really appreciate talking to you. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. Yes, very cool. I'm so looking forward to reading Legend. So check it out if you can find it on... You can find it everywhere. Comixology, just look up Legend. And if you like like Francisco Francovia, if you like Jay Lee, uh, there's just a couple that come into my head, as I said earlier in the interview. It's uh, it's it's just beautiful. And the, and the, the emotions and the dogs' faces, which really kind of carry the story there. You can, you're seeing the world through their eyes. It's... It's gorgeous, and who doesn't love story about stories about our you know domesticated pets? And it's uh, I can't wait to read it. But I got all four, so I'm I'm jazzed and pumped. So next up is the final, the fourth and final interview, and it's with Brandon Easton. You can check him out. His uh, Twitter is at Brandon Easton, and I he was in also the panel with Samuel Satin, and he talked about his 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 years and years of experience in a ton of stuff. And this is Justin Jables. At Just LA Kings, his first interview ever. This is the world premiere, the debut of my son Justin interviewing Brandon Easton. So here you go. Great job, Jables. And here it is. All right, I'm sitting here with Brandon Easton, uh, the writer of the Andre the Giant Closer to Heaven book. Um, so tell me, uh, what are some inspirations behind this book? What's going on? Okay, well, let me give you the backstory on how go this book even happened. I was one of the first people hired at Lion Forge Comics back in 2013. And from what I understood from the management, they had two, they were pursuing the life rights of two separate uh, uh, wrestling uh, icons. One was Andre the Giant, the other one was Randy Macho Man Savage. Okay. So apparently we couldn't get the Randy Savage rights, life rights, okay, yeah. but we got Andre's. Now see, I'm from Baltimore, and growing up in the 80s in Baltimore meant that I got access to wrestling, not just WWF, but Jim Crockett Promotions, NWA, UWF, Mid-South, World Class, okay. all that stuff. I got to see all kinds of wrestling. Okay. All of them. So I had a pretty strong knowledge of Andre overall, but what I didn't have was any knowledge about his personal life. Mm. So what wound up happening was Andre's daughter was the main consultant okay. for the book. All right. So all right. I got to meet uh, Robin Christensen, and she told me so many stories about his life, so many stories about how she didn't have the relationship that she wanted with him, and it was just an amazing, tragic kind of uh, epic that I was happy to put into the book. Okay, so that's how it came together. Awesome. So you guys delve deep into like his kind of his tragedies, the hardships of his life. Elaborate on some of those. Like, what, sure. what some of the don't spoil too much. He's a oh, very yeah. big uh, advocate of non-spoilers. Okay. Well, the real issue was his alcoholism. Okay. Everybody knew that he could drink more than any human being could possibly drink and survive. Because <laughs> he was like three times bigger than everybody right. else. And he had, he was cursed with, I guess, acromelagy, which is causing his upset, uh, his intense growth spurts. Yeah. And so his heart, his adrenal gland, and other organs were gonna shut down a little bit early. Eesh. Now here's the deal. Andre would have lived a lot longer if he hadn't drank so much. <laughs> he may even be alive now. Yeah. But he really abused himself. So I wanted to tell a story about his wrestling career, and really what I wanted to tell a story of was how Andre's rise in the business 
became the business's rise. Okay. Because as Andre skyrocketed, so did so pro wrestling. Okay. So it was almost a perfect storm of events that I wanted to cover, including the fact that he was um, having some very dark times behind the scenes. Okay. So that's what wound up happening, and that's how the story came together. That's awesome, man. I know, I know also you're into uh, screenwriting. You wrote, uh, you were a staff writer on the, um, the Agent Carter series for a while. Yeah. How's, worked, how's the, the balance between those two? Well, I worked on season two of Agent Carter, and um, uh, I was a staff writer. I wrote episode seven of season two. Okay. Um, there's a lot of difference between comic book writing and uh, TV screenwriting. Uh -huh. With TV, you have to, you have a lot of politics involved. There's a lot yeah. more people involved. There's a lot of money involved. Definitely. In comic books, you have to write a series of still images and narrative sequence. Mm -hmm. And those are two separate skill sets. Mm -hmm. Not everybody has them. Some people don't have one. I, I've worked in live action, I've worked in animation, and I've worked in comic books. Okay. So I've been able to transfer my skill sets in a variety of different places. Awesome, awesome. Yes. Uh, that, yeah, that's, that's definitely like what I've, my field of work or what I want to get into. I'm studying screenwriting at the moment. Excellent. And then I want to write good comics. Luck. So yeah, that's definitely some good advice for me, man. I, uh, thank you. Well, check out my podcast, Writing for Rookies. Definitely, yes. And the two brands where we give a lot of information awesome, about awesome. how to write and how to break into the industry. Okay, and can we find you on Facebook, Instagram? I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram as Shadow Law Right. It's two W's in the middle. Okay. I'm on Twitter at, at Brandon Easton. Okay. And again, you know, hit me up at uh, the Writing for Rookies podcast. Awesome. And the two Brandon's podcast. And I'm always um, interacting with fans. I have no problem talking to people. Perfect. Looking forward to it. Okay, and then, uh, so what, what's coming, what's up next? What's coming soon? Okay, well, first of all, we have Vampire Hunter D. Okay. It's coming out in November from Stranger Comics and Unified Pictures. I am the first American writer ever to tackle Vampire Hunter D as really? a comic book ever. Uh, Stranger Comics and Unified Pictures uh, have adapted a short story by the creator okay. called Message from Cecile that has never been seen anywhere. Awesome. So we adapted it, expanded the story a bit, made it a larger world, but it is Vampire Hunter D's first original comic book story ever in the Western world. Awesome. Then, I'll be signing at the Comic Bug in Culver City. Okay, I'm perfect. also writing Mask, Mobile oh. Armored Strike Command for IDW as a part of their Hasbro Revolution universe. Oh, nice. So That's on awesome. uh, Wednesday, uh, September 28th, I'll be at the Comic Bug at, in Culver City, Los Angeles. Culver City, okay. Yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thank you so much. So there you have it. Thanks again, Justin Jables, for doing the interviews. And thank you to each and every person, all four of you, that were nice enough to give us your time and let me interview you. Thank you, Brandon Easton. Thank you, Wills Portacio. Thank you, Samuel Satin. And thank you, Scott Koblish. So here we go now. Let's jump right into my favorite part of the podcast, which is my reviews, recommendations, where I pick my favorite comic books for New Comic Book Day, September 14th. And also, spoiler alert. It's not really even needed. I don't totally spoil stuff, so no worries there. I don't go over the last few pages, and I try not to give you every single detail. But I definitely want to give you my feelings and try to entice you and try to inspire you to go to a local comic book shop and buy these comics. But you have been warned. Spoiler alert. And if you want to see everything that I'm reading all the way back for my favorite picks of May of 2015, just go to sunspotscomics.com and uh, you'll see everything that I'm reading. Check out the pull list, just click on that. You'll see all 108 titles that I'm currently reading right now. Click on the top comic books of the week to see all my favorite past top picks. 
and I am going to be revamping the website soon, but I'm pretty proud of it. It's just been updated, compacted, and simplified, so please check out sunspotscomics.com from time to time to see all the lists. And by the way, this week's art winner, beautiful, gorgeous art, this person has been the art winner in previous weeks, is Harrow County number 16, artist Tyler Crook. That's even just a cool name, right? Tyler Crook? And Colin Bunn is the writer. It just seems like a, a just an, a, a dynamic duo right there that I'm hoping to see write and draw comics together forever because they definitely have that artistic synergy happening and it's beautiful. But Harrow County's art is a watercoloring style that Tyler Crook does and it's gorgeous. I love the the red blush and the cheeks and all of the the emotion, the facial emotions that really tells the story. It's just gorgeous. He just about does every facial emotion you can think of from angry and happy and and scared and on the character that of his character so it's beautiful fantastic work and the coloring is just gorgeous that water water coloring effect really just adds this warm feeling to it also the cover winner of the week it's just this a lot of dark and it's it's actually the main character in the sort of shadow standing next to the county line sign and it seems like she can't cross it so I love that it even kind of tells a little story just on the cover alone and it's interesting to look at and with the dark colors and the sort of green grass and the dark, it's just beautiful to look at. And uh, that's why Tyler Crook, again, doing it. The art winner and cover art winner this week with Harrow County 16. And this week, I actually purchased 14 comics and five of them made it to my favorite pick list. So that is less than 50% that I like to be at. But it happens from time to time. But these are seriously five fantastic comics you have to go and buy. Also, new number ones this week, there were three. Doom Patrol by Gerard Way. Hadrian's Wall, number one, from Image Comics. And Samurai Brothers in Arms. And actually, only one of them made it to the top picks, which I will unveil soon. And you'll see which one made it to the top picks. So here we go. Here are my favorite comic book picks for the new comic book day September 14th and coming in at number five is The Flash number six from DC Comics and I just love the fact that the color palette the sort of way speed is done with the blurring effect it's just so bright there's neon it's this fast world and it's just it's just fun to live in I enjoy looking at it every single week and it's it's positive in nature, which is fantastic. It's just this breath of fresh air, this positiveness, and I enjoy it. And talk about the uh, beautiful, fantastic art, uh, which every single week, it's the facial features. It seems like that's just the, the highlight this week is the facial features. It's just how, the, how he draws Barry Allen every single moment is just gorgeous. Like right from the opening sequences of... Godspeed that is killing other flashes that have been imbued, imbued with the flash power since this speed force had this sort of explosion. And Godspeed is just is taking them out. And the flash is really perplexed by this. There's just these these multiple murders going on, and he's doing the best that he can, but it's not enough. And he's disappointed in himself. And the, that look on his face, you can tell he's it's a struggle, and, and you feel that. And I love that. With the emotions and all the face, all the facial features just absolutely work, and it is gorgeous and it's positive and it's that blurring effect. Like I said, really makes the speed effect work. And this is Joshua Williamson, by the way, who was also doing Birthright, 
on writing and it's the fantastic art which I know he's taken a break on a couple of issues but I'm glad that he is now back and that is uh, the artist Carmine D. Gemdomencio. I'm so sorry. Apologize. <laughs> That's a hard one to say but uh, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's fun. It's action-packed. Again, homage to the CW TV show. It's, uh, yeah, there's some differences there and Iris and the characters and, and Barry West, but you just kind of quickly get past that and it's just fun and I love the sort of spark lightning effect of the yellow electricity just imbuing from his suit, from Barry's suit and it's, it's a blast and he's lost this sort of girl that he's dating, dead, not sure, all we have left there is her sort of suit, she was imbued with flash powers but Godspeed got her. And there is a big reveal in this, which of what I don't even want to say, but it's that kind of issue you want to grab because there is kind of an important reveal that happens here. That's all I really want to tell you. I don't want to spoil anymore, but get it. Grab the Flash Rebirth from number one. It will not disappoint. It is fantastic. So coming in at number four is Hadrian's Wall from Image Comics. Number one, by the way. So this is the number one of the three that made it to the top picks. This is from the team of... Kyle Higgins and Alex Siegel, like co-writing it on story, and Rod Reese on art. And this is awesome. It's a space adventure. It's kind of like a crime murder mystery in space set in the not too far away future. And this, I guess he's kind of a private investigator or a retired detective, something of that nature, has been called on to investigate a murder in space on a space station. They have some sort of warp jump drive technology where he can just zap there from another planet. They don't explain it, but they don't need to because it's well-paced here. Very good with the writing team here. That uh, He's quickly thrown onto this case and has a murder of someone that he knows. And it's actually his ex-wife's new husband. And yeah, there's history there. The ex-wife is extremely angry at him. And... Yeah, you can feel the anger from her, and there's some complexity there with this person that sort of, he says, stole his wife and shot him four times. Like, how did that all go down? Why is that, why was the, the guy that shot our main character four times still out there in the world? Um, you don't, um, they don't explain it yet, so it's definitely laying out this kind of interesting mystery. The art style is gorgeous, very super clean lines, and it has this very sort of shadowy, dark, creepy look to it. And then just a nice little futuristic touch here and there from the outfits. It's just not overblown futuristic tech. And our main character, this sort of detective slash private investigator, has a pill problem. So there's even complexity there. So yeah, that's a it's a mess, right? You've got his ex-wife, you got his the person that stole his wife from him that has been murdered on this space station. And yeah, the last couple of pages have a nice little twist, so you definitely have to read that. But gorgeous art combining with some great pacing, some very interesting writing of this space murder mystery, and that is Hadrian's Wall. So I definitely recommend it. I'm adding it to the pull list and going to be reading more of it very soon. And coming in at number three is uh, one that's a contender that's been up there quite often is DC Universe Rebirth Batman Detective Comics number 940. And man, the art is beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. You have the uh, Peter Tomasi on writing here, which he's doing a fantastic job. I'm sorry, uh, this right. Tomasi's not on this one. <laughs> it's James Tinney in the fourth. 
and it's Eddie Burrows Burrows on pencils, and uh, I think that actually uh, I wasn't uh, Peter Tomasi is was on this. But anyway, it's the bi-weekly release, so they've got a huge team of people and writers, but they definitely stay within the tone and they stay within the art style, and it's it's pretty seamless. So, but yeah, Eddie Burrows' art is is just gorgeous here, and so you've got the Colonel Jacob Kane and uh, Cassandra uh, Batwoman. Oh, if her name's Cassandra, I'm so bad with names. But anyway, a Batwoman, and they are finally facing each other here, and they fight, and it's father and daughter. It's a little heartbreaking, and the action sequence here is is just phenomenal, and she obviously is the the advanced fighter here because she has no problem handling dad. Yeah, well, you know, Pops is older. I mean, come on now. But uh, yeah, Colonel has uh, Colonel Jacob Kane here doesn't do very well versus Batwoman. So you have that going on. But ultimately, you have Tim Robin that is fighting a ton of drones. Now, some of this happens off panel. And I wish we would have saw, seen, shown this. But you have to, uh, of course, there's a little bit of that uh, between the panel imagination you have to use here. But you think the drone fight is over and then wave two starts and it's like the entire team is scrambling to get to him clayface batman uh, orphan and they are just too far away and what happens here to tim is pretty heartbreaking it's emotional uh i'm not gonna say whether he dies or he's just injured but something he's, he's just these drones just kind of really take a toll on him and there's an emotional moment here with the team, and they realize what's happened to him and what's going to happen to him. That's kind of all I can say, but it is continually good. It's a page-turner. It's such an easy read. I just want more of it. I, it's strange. If, it's, if this were weekly, I would buy it. It is by far my favorite of the Batman titles right now. It is definitely a ton of team Bat family fun. And that is Batman Detective Comics number 940. Get it. Get them all. It's only on number 940, but I want to say this is probably five or six in the new Rebirth series. So it's easy to jump in. I'm sure they're going to put together a trade collection of like one through five. But this has been phenomenal. Get Batman Detective. It has been solid. And the art is gorgeous. So next up, we're in the uh, number two. So this is top two. This is from Dark Horse Comics. This is the finale, number six of six. House of Penance. This is Peter Tomasi. Here we go. Art by Ian Bertram. And this is a this was a, this really emotionally hit me. This is the end of this interesting story about the widow Lady Winchester, set in maybe the late 1800s sometime. And she it, this is kind of a story of mental instability. Her husband and daughter were killed. And I don't want to say how, it's kind of interesting in its own way, but not really discussed quite often. And she sees these strange blood-like tendrils everywhere, and it's not there. So she's seeing these strange visions, she sort of talks to the walls, she has to continually have this, the House of Penance, these these horrible people, rapists, murderers, etc. She sort of gives them a second chance, chance the House of Penance, uh, if you will, a chance to redeem yourself. To just continually build it into this insane Salvador Dali painting where stairways leading to nothing and strange doorways that can lead you off a cliff. And she just has to have continual 24 hours a day building in this house. And she seems to be using all the money from the Winchester line of rifles into building this strange house as an homage to her deceased husband and daughter. 
and there is a a man here that sh that we're introduced to that has this strange kinship towards her and he sees these red tendrils as well throughout this comic and he's this horrible murderer which i i i don't say that i've i root for him in a way but he definitely is one that has kind of turned himself around as far as we know he's just in this this house for six issues but he sees those tendrils he's sort of in the bowels of the winchester home melting weapons to where they also use that the the other weapons manufacturers and melt them down to make winchesters which is kind of strange in, in its own story and he sort of carves these strange chess pieces so it's very wicked very twisted very strange and this giant earthquake hits so what's going to happen to lady winchester what's going to happen to our our man his name was warren he's kind of like this he was this like gun for hire and he killed like indians like native american families and he was this kind of horrible person that he kind of sort of she helps him find that that road to redemption in his own spirit and it's a great story it ends on a on a cliffhanger sort of question but definitely has a it, it wraps the story up but yeah lady winchester widow lady winchester interesting story uniquely twisted and very very touching and emotional at the end i highly highly recommend this it's going to win some eisners it is a fantastic peak piece of art beautiful body of work thank you so much peter tomasi but that is house of penance number six of six so check that out from dark horse comics but the number one pick of the week and it has been uh gosh maybe four or five ten possible times it has been the number one pick of the week and that is from dark horse comics harrow county number 20 number 16 sorry and that is from colin bunn on writing and tyler crook of course who is our artist winner of the week and our art cover winner of the week for his gorgeous watercolor style, very dark and twisted, sort of haunted look on our story who has this young woman who was born at the base of this tree where they hung this horrible witch that killed a ton of people in this town, created these sort of mud people out of from her powers that aren't really actual... They don't have souls. They're just sort of these hollow shells of people. And that's strange within itself. Anyway, our, our primary character, and I'm so bad, forgive me if I've got her name wrong, but I want to say her name is Kimmy. She's young. She's maybe, you know, preteen or 12 or 13. She's our main protagonist here in the story. She's trying to do good. She's imbued with these witch-like powers. She knows she has or is the horrible witch that was hung at the tree of her birth. And she has chosen to live a path of enlightenment. She's trying not to have the town live in horror, whereas they're still horrified by her. But she's trying to do good. She's a hopeful person. She wants to battle the dark and live in the light. And that's what the core of this comic is continually about and why I really enjoy it. You're always rooting for Kimmy. And this is where she's visited by this sort of... They sort of claim to be her family, this strange ragtag group of people that are con trying to convince her that she needs to destroy everyone in Harrow County. It needs to be wiped from existence. And she doesn't agree. She wants to battle with them. And they create this strange sort of beautiful southern estate that just sort of magically appears in Harrow County. She knows Harrow County like the back of her hand. This house doesn't exist. It sort of just magically appears as this giant, like, 
three-story, beautiful, this this with pillars, this estate that just appears, and it's this strange, twisted witch family, and I love all their uniqueness there. That each one of these little witch family people that are trying to convince her to kill everyone in Harrow County, they all have. They could all be individual spin-off stories, and it's the battle between them. This kind of where it comes to a head here. This is them going into Harrow County. She's she's being held she can't leave the house and there is like this hellstorm outside which i don't even want to describe it so it it's interesting to look at and it's frightening and i love it it's it is a i know it has that genre of horror which i don't normally gravitate to but like i said it's it's honestly this the story of hope from this young woman that wants to that wants to find the right path and do the right thing and keep the people of harrow county alive from this this strange witch coven that wants to so you have you have to tune in. It's action packed. It's adventure. They go into Harrow County, and of course, there's these these haints that she calls them that are in this in this county, and that ragtag bunch of witch family are realizing they they just can't necessarily maybe wipe everyone out. So they visit some individuals that are frightening, and it's just a ton of fun. Every single month it comes out, and it, I, I can't wait. There's been very few breaks. There has been some, but it's been a consistent release. And I, I tell you, I hope it comes to an end. It seems like there's very much a beginning and middle. This, I would say, is act two of it. And I feel like it's going to be, say, ending on, say, issue 30 or 25 or something like that. I could be totally wrong. Maybe that maybe Colin Bunn is making a hardcore right turn or left turn and doing something different with this. But I continually enjoy it. I seriously endorse it. Five out of five sunspots. It is a fantastic, beautiful, wonderful piece of art. It's it's comic book history. It's Eisner winner. It's I can't say enough. It's just it's beautiful, and I love it. And I tell everyone about it, and a ton of people have read it. Thank you for your feedback, by the way. You know who you are. But there you have it. Those are my recommendations this week for New Comic Book Day, September fourteenth. Please find a local comic book shop near you, and buy these immediately. Tell them that Chris from Sunspots Comics sent you. They will look at you a little funny. That's fine. Just deal with that. Don't. Just kind of sm- stare at them and smile. <laughs> I dare you. And also, please check out again, like I said before, our website, sunspotscomics.com and zombiedestroyers.com. And of course, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at sunspotscomics. Next week, please tune in to uh, issue number 73 of the podcast. It's a, fr- it's a freaking huge week. There's 19 new comics and five new number ones next week. So potentially 24 comics I'm going to be reading and making some recommendations to you. I hope that I can get all five of the new number ones that are coming out. I really hope so. What I'm really excited about it next week is Trinity. It's the Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman story. The Rebirth Trinity. So I'm really excited about that for next week. So definitely tune in for issue number 73 of the podcast. And so thank you again very much for listening. Thank you to everyone at Long Beach Comic Con that I met and, and graced me with a, a short interview. Thank you, Justin, my son, for being there with me those two days. It was a ton of fun. I had a blast. We just totally nerded out for two days. It was great. And you had your own interview. That was a blast. And thank you for posting the stuff and tagging Sunspots Comics. Thank you very much. Follow Justin, my son, at Just LA Kings. So that'll do it. So don't forget, uh, we'll see you next week. And please be like water, my friend. Be like water. Goodbye. <laughs>
Robots Comics Town. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. How's it sounding? Sounding good? What do you think? Think it sounds pretty decent. What do you know? What do you say? What do you know and say? What do you think I would give at this moment?